All right, all right. Well, good morning, everybody. Awesome, 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 awesome. All right, there we go. Um, I'm so glad to see you guys today here with us at Center Point Church, Kent Island. If you are a visitor or first-time guest, we ask that you look um, right outside those tables over there, and there should be a connection card. Grab that connection card and share with us, with, uh, us as much information as you'd like to give us. Um, if you want some prayer, uh, have prayer requests or need prayer, uh, fill that connection card out and we'll get right to you. Um, if you're interested in being a part of our church or learning more about some of the ministries, fill that out and drop that off in the back in the bucket or in the offering bucket as it goes by. And we'll be more than glad to talk with you and share with you and pray with you. Um, again, welcome to Center Point Church, Kent Island. Um, we have been doing a series here the last couple of weeks called Nehemiah. And from time to time, we take a little pause in the series to kind of deal with another message. And so today, we're going to take a pause from Nehemiah. We're going to deal with a specific uh, message today, and then we'll finish out Nehemiah in the next two weeks. So I want to share with you guys um, this message that we're going to be dealing with today. Um, you're going to find uh, this message in the book of Mark, the eighth chapter, verses 34 through 38. So while you're flipping through the uh, book of Mark to the eighth chapter, scrolling through your uh, phone or your app, I'm going to pray for us real quick. Um, dear God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love and your kindness. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for these moments that we can draw closer to you, that we can get uh, more in your presence and to know you and to hear your voice. And so, Father, use these next few moments, Lord God. Sanctify it. Fill it with your Holy Spirit and your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mark 8, the 31st through excuse me, 34th through 38th verse. Would you please stand with me as we read God's word together? And it reads like this. Then, calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your own soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message... In these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Amen. You guys can be seated. I want to talk about this uh, title today of turn, this idea, this title today of turn. Uh, we're coming into that last uh, month of the year. We're working on those New Year resolutions. We're starting to have these new plans. We're going to eat better, live better, budget better, 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 better. Everybody's got this plan of how they're going to do better. Um, and we do it every year. We've said we spend the last 11 months doing something. We want to do something brand new. We want to start this new plan. I'm going to be really excited when the new year comes, 2020. Woo, yeah, let's do it. And we have all this energy and excitement. And so Jesus says, okay, you know what, everyone's got their plan and they're kind of budgeting out this new idea of how they're going to be successful, what the new year's resolution is. And so Jesus says, says you know, let me just give you straight off the bat, here's the plan of how you turn life around for you in every arena. He says, you can go ahead and do all the budgeting and all that stuff. And he says, that's good that you plan. He says, but I have a plan. I have an idea in place. I have a concept in place. I have a thought process in place. I have a model in store for you guys that if you were willing to follow it, I promise you, you see instant, amazing turns in your life quicker and faster than a lot of resolutions you could put in place, quicker and faster than a lot of plans that you can put in place. And I want to share with you today four quick, easy steps that aren't really that easy. They aren't really that quick, but they're quick and easy, however that works, that will start to make a turn in your life significantly for you to experience and have the best life of God. 
I want to share with you guys these four steps that are going to cause everything in life to begin to turn for you in a way that's going to bring you blessing, it's going to bring you positivity, it's going to bring you growth, it's going to bring you empowerment, it's going to bring you brand new life with these four steps. You guys ready? Wow. You guys ready? All right, here we go. That's going to be a tough climb today. Here we go. First step, number one, we're going to use the acronym TURN, T, take up your cross. Here's what Jesus says in verse 34 once again. Then, calling the crowd that joined his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow. He says, if you're going to be successful in life, if you're going to be the best believer you could possibly be, if you're going to live a life full of energy, empowerment, uh, uh, filled with God's Spirit, His grace, uh, His wisdom, His knowledge, the first thing you're going to have to do in life is make a really tough decision, which means you're going to have to take up your cross. It means you're going to have to take up your passions and your desires, and you're going to have to hang them on the cross. You're going to have to crucify them. Did y'all catch that? He says, in order for you to start going down a path where you can make a successful turn to experience life on the highest levels, you're going to have to crucify. You're going to have to hang some of your passions, some of your desires, some of your wants. You're going to have to hang them up for me. He says, it's tough to understand. He says, but if you get this process, if you can start to hang those passions and those desires up and put them up here because you're more important and more concerned about walking on a path with me, you will experience the best life you could ever have. He says, if you're willing to hang up all of those attitudes and hang up all of that selfishness, if you're willing to hang up all of these things so that you could live a life with me, you would begin to start to experience the best life. If you could humble yourself and not worry about winning the fight, but rather win the situation— Oh, you would experience your best life. He says, if you could hang up all of the me, me, me and live for us and for this unity and for this peace and for this goal and for this plan, you'd experience your best life. He says, if you could start to hang up all that attitude and all that eye rolling and all that drama and all that, uh, he says, if you could hang all those things up for the purpose of walking out a life with me, you would begin to see things change in your life. The greatest stumbling block for a lot of us in life isn't the devil, it's me. Ooh, it's quiet. The devil made me do it. No, he didn't. He may have hung it out there for you, but we took the bait. He may have dangled it out there for you, but you took the bait. He says, in order to be successful, you've got to turn to me. You have to take up your cross and start to hang up all of those issues, all of those problems, all of those struggles, all of that me, selfish me, my, must, my wants, my turn. It's been too long. All of that's got to hang up. He says, when you're willing to do that on a daily basis to pick up your cross and make this journey, regardless of what you want, you're doing it for a bigger purpose. Regardless of what you need, you're doing it for a bigger purpose and that biggest purpose to be in relationship, and to celebrate, and to dwell with God. He says, your footsteps, your purpose, your plan, your vision changes. Watch this in point two. He says, not only do you have to take up your cross, but he says in point number two, you have to unleash your hold. Watch this. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. 
He says, if you're willing to unleash your hold, if you're willing to give up all of these things, he says, I promise you, you will experience life on a better level. You will experience and embrace the good news on a better level. You will take on this information in a way that you never, ever fully could understand. Here's a perfect example of this. Um, last week, uh, Tyler was playing. Do you remember I said I had to go to this, to this game, the championship game, and so I had to go to the championship game and I had to get out of here and go all the way to Baltimore, and Tyler's playing in this, in this championship game. And so... As Tyler's playing this game, um, it, it, this thing happens. It's really funny over the weekend. Um, this kid, he, he's blocking this kid. He's pushing this kid out of the way. He plays on the line. He's pushing this kid out of the way. And, and this kid uh, doesn't like, the, like getting pushed. Tyler's a big kid. He's rough and raw. So he goes up to the ref, and he says, Mr. Ref. And I'm, right, I'm on the sideline, so I'm hearing it. I'm like right here. He says, Mr. Ref, number 50 is holding me. Can you please watch out for him? And the ref looks like Santa Claus. He's like, absolutely, son, I'll look out for it. And I'm sitting there like, this is going to be very interesting. So the very next play, this kid grabs Tyler by his, by his pads and pulls him in so quick that when you're coming off the line, you're falling. And so Tyler wraps his arms around him not to fall. And the ref throws the flag and says, holding on number 50. You see that? Pulls him in. All that weight goes forward. He wraps around him to keep his balance. Flag, 15-yard, 10-yard penalty. Send him back. Oh, you know dad was mad. I'm a lineman. I know all the tricks of the trade. So that's all just what you did. I said, here's what I want you. Tyler looks defeated because they ran the ball on that side of the field when that guy pulled him. So not only was it a penalty on him, but it cost them 30 yards because the kid got 20 yards, and then they had to go back for when the penalty. See, they lost all those yards. And you know dad was no longer Pastor Brian. I came off that cross, and I became Coach Brian again. And I said, since he wants a penalty, make him earn every push, make him earn every cry, dig in his tail for the rest of this game, drive him all the way down the field. And the coaches and parents are looking like, whoa. And I said, get in him, dig in him, eat him up. And man, for the next four plays, he pushed that little kid down the field. In fact, he pushed him so far down the field, he pushed him into the goalpost. The whistle blown, and he was already hitting him up against the goalpost. And when we scored, I said, you know what? Give it to him again the next time we get the ball. Make him run to the other side of the field. There are moments in life when Satan dangles that carrot, or life calls us to fall a little bit, and we may embrace the issue but are you willing and strong enough emotionally to let it go? And not only are you willing to let it go, but to learn from what it is that caused you to fall in the first place, that you can release your grip and understand that life is in front of you, but my heart, my desire, my mold, my thought process is I'm going to push this thing back as far as I can. There's a determination that comes with that. Then he says, I want you to pick up your cross and live for me daily, but I also want you to be able to let go of the things that are part of your thought process. I want you to let go of things that are your usual behavior because I want you to start to push and drive and move in a different direction. That you would experience life change at its highest level. I want you to release your grip because when you release your grip, there's good news. 
that I'm standing on the sideline cheering you on. I'm sharing good news on how to do life better. I'm showing you good news so how that you can get out of the situations that cause you trouble and drama. He says, when you can release your grip, I got good news for you. When you release your grip, you experience life on its highest level. Chris, come here for a second. Chris, I want to bless you today. I want to bless you with $2. And I want to bless you with $5. $7. Go ahead and have a seat, Chris. Now, Chris, here's the deal. Let me play a game. I'm going to give you more. Do you want more money? <laughs> Chris, do you want more money? Yes or no? All right, why not? All right, give me back that money. Come on. Are you sure you want to give me this money? my whole bank card, Chris. Now, here's the deal. Ain't but $7 in there. It's actually $7.57 in there. So, you just made like 57 cents more than what you had. I get paid every other Tuesday. Y'all don't come to me every other Tuesday. But you're going to be a thousandaire <laughs> by Tuesday you hang on to that bank card. God's promise is sometimes you have to let go of what you like to get something that's going to bless you in the short term, that's going to bless you abundantly in the long term. But until you're able to relinquish your thought process, you're never going to receive the now biggest blessing and the bigger, bigger future blessing. Until you're willing to let go of the little bits to move forward in life, you're never going to experience the big and great amazing things God has for you. He says in order to experience this life change, you and I have to be willing to hang up all the issues of life and start to walk down this path. And when these thoughts, when these attitudes, when these desires come, to be willing to let it go for the good news that there's better and bigger things on the way. And if we don't let go of stuff, we'll never get the main important nutrients that God has for us. Well, what can I do with 50 cents more? I should have stuck with the dag on $7 I had. Because in a few more days, more is on the way. I know it doesn't look like you can spend it the same but there's more on the way. He says, when you're able to relinquish your hold on things, I promise you better and better and greater things. A life change takes place when you're willing to make the turn to take up your cross, unleash your hold, and point number three, reevaluate your goals. Watch this. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? 
we struggle so much with the me factor, the my factor. It's my turn factor. It should be my turn factor. I'm up next factor. And he says, you need to reevaluate your goals. When you start to put you on the cross, your desires, your passions, your wants, when you're willing to put all those things aside, you experience life change. When you're willing not only to put it to the side, but you're willing to say, you know what, I'd rather let it go because something better is coming because God is promising me bigger and better. He says, you begin to experience an even better life change. He says, when you're at the point in life where you can start hanging stuff on the cross and letting stuff go, he says, now you have a place where you can start reevaluating what is actually the best move, the best truth, the best light, the best move, the best, best that I should do. When my thought process begins to change, when my goals change, that I'd rather see God's outcome than my own outcome, when I'd rather them be happy than me, it's when you get it. Rosie doesn't always get it. I'll get it later. But there's areas in life she gets it. We're getting ready to head to Ohio with Tyler's team to play in this tournament. And um, there's this kid on Tyler's team. It's an all-star team. These kids are just coming together. And so um, there's this kid that's just the last couple weeks. um, Mom can't take care of him. And grandma's too old to take care of him. And they've placed him in, uh, you know, child services. And he's been bouncing around. And the coach has been calling. And he's like, man, I want this kid he said, first of all, I've been, I've been taking care of this kid for the last two years like he's my own kid. Why wouldn't y'all just bring him to me at the, from the beginning? Why would you even put him through the process? He's been calling. He's been calling. He said, man, wait, if we can get this kid, it would be great. And, 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 and finally, on yesterday on the football field, he said, I just got a call from his foster parent. He's with his foster parent on Thanksgiving. He's coming to practice to, to, today. And the kid shows up to practice, jeans and a T-shirt. He didn't have a uniform, no cleats, nothing. And the coach says, I got you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm paying for your whole ride up to Ohio. I'm going to pay for your room and board. You're still my kid. I love you. I want you. You're here. You guys with me? I get home. Body's aching from practice. (laughs) Turkey bowl (laughs) that we had at church the other day. I'm all sore and bruised. And I tell Rosie the story. And Rosie says, I wish we could get him. And she says, like, no, for real. Is there any way we can look at possibly taking them in? (laughs) If you don't know, I have one, two, three, four kids. And we have have an international student that's with us. I have five kids in my house. We took a dog home from the SP. I don't even know all the letters. We took a dog a few. I I don't even like the dog. It's my dog. The dog likes me more than I like the dog. I'm sorry, you've met Mushu. You know Mushu. She's adorable. But the most neediest dog I've ever seen in my life. You want to take a what? What's one more? It's a lot. But she'd rather carve out some room somewhere in our house. <laughs> Where are we going to stick this kid? I have no idea. She'd rather carve out room in our house for somebody to have a better life than us being inconvenienced about another plate or another food we got to fix for another kid. Y'all, y'all get that? 
I'm so concerned. She's so concerned about what about whatever. I'm not holding on to stuff. My goals are focused on other people being successful. That's the kind of life we all should have in every facet of who we are. It's going to inconvenience me. Oh, well. God can get so much more out of this person's life because we're willing. That's what it looks like to reevaluate your goals as a believer. It's when I can literally say, I've got a whole list of stuff, but will God get the glory from this decision? Then absolutely I'll do it. If it's a season, if it's a week, if it's three years, I'd rather God get the glory than me be totally in, 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 on easy street because I want God's glory to get come out of the situation. That's reevaluating your goals, putting God first. And when you put God first, you can't help but put others first. And every time you put others first, God gives you more. Did y'all catch that? Because I'm willing to let go of me, 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 me to do more, and God gives me more recess and access or, or, or access to be able to do more for those that I'm putting out for. To take up your cross, he says, I want you to unleash your hold, reevaluate your goals, and number four, never be ashamed. Verse 38. If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The best way I can describe this is... Um, one of my many conversions to Christ, <laughs> one of those was in high school, and it was, um, it was me reading a Bible um, before first period. Now, if you knew how significant that was, and I told you guys before, me being dyslexic was very difficult to read. And then for me being um, the kind of guy I was who, who lived off of a 1.67 GPA, like that was, you know, hey, I got a D, I made it. Like that was who I was. And then you get into your last year of high school, and you have this experience and this encounter with God going into high school when everybody else is trying to party and live it up because they're seniors, and you're kind of like, I'm trying to do this Jesus thing. It's a very weird experience for a lot of folks. And not only is it a weird experience for a lot of folks, but then you, you sit down and you start not hanging out with your friends before first period, hanging around in the areas because you'd rather just kind of read your Bible at your desk to kind of figure out who God is. You guys got me? We're talking partying and smoking, drinking all, all 11th grade, Brian. And now here we are in September reading the King James Bible. Good luck on those two things happening and being dyslexic. Whew, that was fun. And so I'm doing that, but every time somebody comes in the homeroom to put their Bible down, I cover up my Bible and I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm sleeping. And then they leave and I go back to reading my Bible because I didn't want them to know that cool B. Wade was reading the Bible. Now in the hallways, hanging out with folks. You guys with me? That was my whole step my senior year. Read, cover up. Read, cover up. I finally got accepted to the prestigious University of Prince George's Community College. And when that happened, I was like, you know what? I don't care. And so I'd hop on the, on the bus, and we'd take the little shuttles and all that stuff, and I'd read my Bible on the bus. You guys with me? And I would read my Bible on the bus, and then I'd go to the barbershop where everybody else is watching sports and, and, and talking all that stuff about whatever they did. I'm reading my Bible, and old folks would come up to me and say, what you know about that book, young man? And I'd say, it's the Bible. It's reading the right thing. Yeah, thanks. All right, whatever. 
And then people say, hey, how old are you? And I tell them, older. I say, would you, would you mind coming hang out on my church and speaking uh, to our youth? And I'm like, I don't, I'm a youth. <laughs> what am I going to, what are you talking about? And all of a sudden, these small moments of not being afraid to read my Bible, these moments when people would challenge me on what it is I am reading, and I was not afraid to hide it like I was in, in 12th grade, but boldly just, this is what I believe. This is who I am. I don't got all the answers. I'll come back to you and let you know after I talk to my pastor. Just me being that guy opened up these avenues to start speaking in people's churches. And from speaking in people's churches, you now have your pastor in front of you. You're welcome. And so the whole process is that, that God takes these moments when you're bold and he multiplies them. He takes these moments when you are not ashamed to hang on the word regardless of what husband or wife or family member thinks because this word is true and it's actual and it's factual and I'd rather live by this than your opinion. That's when God says, because you are not ashamed of me, I'm going to not only give you more, but I'm also going to elevate you to be able to do more, to serve more, to help more, to be more because you're faithful with this more. He says, don't be ashamed of me at your job. Don't be ashamed of me in your school. Don't be ashamed of me in your marriage. Don't be ashamed of me when you walk down the street. Because if you are bold in what you believe in, I'm going to do bigger and better and more amazing things with you. Don't deny me. Don't hide on me. Don't run from me. Don't be ashamed of me. Embrace me. And you will experience the greatest and the best things that God has for you. And life will begin to turn and change. I want you to understand today, there's nothing else you get from what I'm saying to you. This is the actual truth of this takeaway. Turning towards the cross is the best move you can ever make. For all of us that have turned to the cross and life has kind of taken our focus away, there's still time to turn back to the cross. For every detour that life gives us, we can come back to the cross. For every situation and heartache and pain and loss of a loved one, God can bring us back to the cross. For the loss of the things that we have loved and cared for and we have taken our hands and put it to, God can bring us back to the cross. And when we take up this cross with new vigor, new passion, new excitement to run this race at a higher and more amazing way, everything that you've given out, you'll get back. And everything that you've given out, Whatever your path is, you'll get back plus more. Plus more. Plus more. Because you gave and you did not deny the Father who he was. He will recognize you in every place and every aspect and every footstep of life. And you will experience the abundant and the exceeding and amazing blessing of who God is because you decided to turn. And so my prayer for you today as the band comes up is that the God of this universe 
but allow you to humble yourself one more time. You guys heard it. (laughs) The God of the universe would allow you to humble yourself and hang up your issues, release your thought process, evaluate your goals, and not deny the truth of the Lord. Let's pray. God, by your grace and by your mercy, take these next few moments. Take this message. Take the cross. With this amazing, humbling power. The picture of you on it. Your son dying for us. We would hang up this flesh. We hang up these passions and these desires and these burdens. And we would fully embrace you. Give us grace to walk out your ways. Give us the people that will be our buddies to lean forward. Father, cover us on every side. And let us fall madly in love with you again or for the first time. In Jesus' name we pray.